We serve a God who, who puts talents and gifts into our life. That is another example of what He can do in our lives. Awesome. Wow. Now, uh, I just want to check if, uh, if there's somebody here who's here for the first time or maybe the second or the third time but doesn't come here regularly. Your favorite color is green. And uh, you have pain in your, in the, under the, the shoulder blade or around the shoulder. Anybody? Anybody? Who's that? Anybody here? Henny. Okay, come. Come here. Yeah, okay. Father, tonight, Lord, tonight we ask that you would, le- you would lift this burden that has bound Henny for many years. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I speak with the authority that you have given us. I command every infirmity to be in the name of Jesus, Father God. We command that infirmity would lift, the heaviness would lift around her life in Jesus' name. Can you check if you have pain? Yeah, not around the shoulder. It's gone? Yeah, okay. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to look at a story in the Bible. I've read this story many times and uh, recently God started talking to me through it again. Uh, Luke chapter 5 was, you know, end of 17 onwards. It says that Jesus was in a house and uh, the power of God was there to heal people. All right. Anyway, by the way, the title of the message is Take the Roof Off. Alright? So we'll get there. So the power of God was there to heal. heal, And uh, there were a couple of problems for people who wanted healing. One was the crowd was too big and the house was full. So anybody who wanted healing couldn't get there. That was a problem. And it was a confined space. So people couldn't get in. So the only way people could get in was by taking the roof off. The only way people could get into Jesus was by taking the roof off. And as I started looking at the scripture that they took the roof off, I realized that God was trying to tell me something. I like to look at things from the context of now. All right? I like to look at things and see how does this apply to our lives now? In at the time when Jesus was around and when he was preaching, there was only one Jesus. But now there are many many people seated in this house who have the presence of God in them who carry the presence of God in them, who have Jesus and the Father living in them, the Holy Ghost living in them. But 
we are not able, or people who need healing are not able to access them. The people who need healing are not able to come up to them. And I started realizing that it applies to me as well. There are people who are desperate, who are paralyzed, who are paralyzed, who may be walking, but they're paralyzed with fear. They're paralyzed with disappointment. They're paralyzed with discouragement in their life. And they are not able to access this presence of Jesus Christ that is living within you and me so that they can be set free. So that the paralysis that is holding them down can be broken over their life. Are you with me tonight? I started looking at God. What is it? What are the things where I need to take the roof off? Which are the activities which have become around my life, which have turned into a roof? What are the things around me that have become a roof that people cannot access my life? And I started looking, you know, the, the, the scripture says Jesus was highly excited, very excited that these people had the faith to approach him. And I started thinking, what was so, so supernatural about this? Why was Jesus so excited? By the way, most of the miracles that happened when Jesus was around, it did not happen in the church. It happened in the streets. So if we are waiting for the miracles to start happening in the, in the church, we are probably not working where Jesus was working. A lot more miracles would happen in the bylanes and the lanes and in private houses because that is how Jesus functioned. I'm not saying that miracles cannot happen in the church, but most of the miracles that Jesus did happened outside the church. It's a message to us that we need to be able to take the gospel out more often, more frequently, so that people's lives can be touched. I started looking at God. What, what did you mean? Why were you so excited when this happened? And, 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 and he led me to Luke chapter 4. Now this is the introduction of Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter 4. He comes out all excited because the Holy Ghost had come upon him. He was filled without limit and, the, and Satan had tried to tempt him. And he had come back from the desert totally victorious. And he started, he went into this, this, this temple, uh, the synagogue. And he, he read out, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. It's Luke 4, 50, 4, 18 onwards. And he has sent me to heal the broken. He, he started declaring the mission statement that God had given him. And then, you know, obviously he must have expounded on it. And he started have, would have started talking about how God is going to touch people's lives. How God has broken out from, from behind the veil. And he's starting to touch people's life outside. It was not normal in those days for people to get healed so often. And he's declaring this in front of the church. And the church turned around and said, oh, he is the son of Joseph. The first roof that comes around you and me is the comments of the people. Which will look, who will look at us and say, hey, I know this guy. I've known him for 15 years. I've known him for 20 years. And who do you think he who does he think he is? And as Jesus started connecting, he he heard this. And I was totally blown away by Jesus' response to this. 
and that showed me two more roofs. He said, truly I say to you that there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, and the heavens were shut up for three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout the land, but none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. I was totally blown away by the response that Jesus had when people made a comment like that. Now the miracle that he's referring to is one of the, the, the greatest supernatural miracles in, in, in the Bible. Because God had said to Elijah, Elijah, this is what I want you to do. First of all, I want you to go and hide under a, under a, under a, um, under a, in, under a river bank, uh, in a river bank. And then he said, ravens would come and feed you. After that, when the brook had dried, Jesus said, oh, God said, okay, now Elijah, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to the land of Sidon. Now, Sidon means to hunt. To hunt furiously or passionately. Now the people of Sidon were always against the Jews. They were always against the Israelites. And they would time and again and time and again, they would bring the people of Israel into captivity. They would attack. To make it worse, Jezebel, that we, you know, we talk so much about Jezebel in the church. Jezebel's dad was the king of Sidon. So, Jezebel is married to Ahab, and they live in Israel. And Sidon is the, is the, is the kingdom where she came from. And God had to send Elijah to an unchristian place, to a non-Jewish place where people did not know about God, to find one person who would trust him enough. Does that make sense? What God Jesus was saying here is that you have brought God down to the level of your experience. You have not experienced miracles for a long, long time. You have not experienced miracles for, for ages. And therefore, your expectation from God has shrunk. And I was looking for somebody who would be expectant. Who would be expectant for a miracle. When we read that in 1 Kings, we don't find the secret. Why did God have to go all the way there? And Jesus reveals the secret because he couldn't find one person who would have enough faith to actually break out and believe that God would provide. It's, it's very interesting. God says to, Eli to Elijah, he says, I have spoken to this woman. I have spoken to this lady and she will take care of you. Now, there are a lot of times we look at situations and circumstances and think, oh, my circumstances are bad. What's happening in my life is not good enough. Therefore, nothing good will happen to me. At that time, the whole nation was going through a famine. The whole nation was going through a famine. So the people of Israel were really down. Sidon was also going through a famine. But there was one person who was generous. God held his eyes upon her. So when Elijah approaches her, 
When Elijah approaches her and says, can I have a glass of water? She doesn't complain. You don't find her arguing and saying, sorry, unfortunately, this is famine time and water is very precious. She just quietly gets up and goes in. And as she is going, Elijah says again, as you go in and when, when you bring the water, after that, can you cook a meal for me? God has already spoken to her and said, I'm going to send a man for you. I'm going to send somebody to you who is my man. And I want you to provide for him. We have to realize here, if that widow was not there, probably God would have to find another method to make sure that Elijah survived for three years. And then he could do the biggest miracle seen at that time. We have to see the partnership that the lady had. She partnered with God in one of the biggest miracles seen at that time. Fire came from heaven and lit the altar. But who sustained Elijah in the time of famine? One person way out in the warps who was connected with God. One of the major roofs that comes around us is that we bring God down to the level of our expectation or experience. Jesse and I, have, we have done a fair bit of traveling and uh, we were living in Malaysia at that time. And, uh, and it was interesting, God wanted, wanted to teach us a little bit about finance. You remember one was saying, you give away and more comes in? Exactly that theory. So he said, okay, Sergeant, I'll take care of all your needs. All your needs. If you put all the money that you have into the offering bag. All the money into the offering bag. You don't have a lot of options when God corners you. Because the first time he said, give $100, I held that back. And, I had, and he increased it to 120 So I learned very quickly, his rate of interest is, is worse than the loan sharks. So we put all our money into the offering bag. And now, every day, we have to wait on God to bring our food. Every day. Every day. For 10 months, we would pray and God would bring the meal for the next day. And while we were in the midst of this, this is, we were just starting and we had our, our elder daughter with us. She was 18 months at that time and she was not toilet trained. So it's not a safe thing to have her free running around in a carpeted house. Somebody came to us and said, oh, you know, God spoke to me and said, I need to buy you nappies. The person doesn't know that we are desperately short of, of nappies. When I went and told Jessie, she said, oh, we'll see whether the person brings or not. So a week passed, nothing happened. And we were getting more and more desperate. We were sharing the apartment with some other people. 
they were now starting to talk about a smell that was coming. <laughs> or they were starting to slip in the kitchen which, was, which had marble. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, we were praying constantly. One morning, the Lord woke Jesse up and said, I would like you to pray. And as Jesse started praying, God said, your words have bound my hands. Your words have bound my hand. You have brought me down to the level of your, of your experience. Some people have left you down, but in that you have brought me down to your level of experience. Jesse repented of it. Early morning, we had a knock on the window. Our, uh, you know, the way the house was, the window was out, was facing the street. We heard a knock on the window, and there was a friend of ours standing at the, at the windows. She had um, a packet of, of nappies in her hand, and she said, I don't know why, I was in the supermarket, and the Lord said, I need to bring this for you. Did I hear him right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And in... Three or four days after that, Jeriel got suddenly toilet trained. We did not even have to use that. But God was teaching us a principle that I can bring God down to the level of my experience. What is preventing me from taking the gospel that is within me, the life of God that is within me outside, is that I have brought him down to the level of my experience. I have brought him to the level of my experience. If I keep the expectation high, I can take this Jesus out to a lot of people. I can show them that we serve a God who is not limited. He can, he can provide for you in a foreign nation where nobody knows your existence. He can still provide for you. The second thing that Jesus said to the people who were there, he said, there were many lepers in Israel at the time of Elisha, the prophet. None of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Again, what Jesus was saying is that when God wanted to do a miracle, he could not find one person who would be obedient to his command. He had to go Looking to the outside to bring in a Syrian. The Syrians were always at war with the Jews. Bring in somebody who had not heard about God. Who had randomly heard from the servant girl that there is a God in Israel who heals. And... Naaman responded. And you know that was the best miracle that could have happened. What God needed or Jesus needed in that situation was that the person would respond with obedience. I was absolutely shocked when I started looking at this and I thought, wow. The Lord has called the church to bring the gospel into the community. 
the lord has called the, the the church to bring the healing into the community to set the captives free but we are not able to get the breakthrough because we have kept him we have absolutely kept him inside the house with a roof that is shut so tight that we can't nobody who wants healing can get in you know i learned over the years i've learned that jesus is not interested in how much of the bible i know he's not interested in that he's interested how much of it would i believe and practice i i was i was a very new christian very very new christian and i was passionate to tell people of what jesus had done in my life and uh, i was there a door opened for me to go and and preach to the to some handicapped children or or they were physically challenged i i went there unlike here being physically challenged in india is 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 a nightmare there is no proper care nothing and i was called to go and and tell them about christmas what is christmas about so i shared jesus and what he did and all those things so all these all these kids were there they were listening to what i said and I, you know i used to sing a little bit in those days so i sang a song for them and and, and at the end of my preaching or sharing one little girl she dragged herself and came to me and she said can i give you a hug this is very abnormal in india she came and gave me a hug and kissed me and when she was gone i could see tears in her eyes when she had gone the teacher or the or the principal of the school came to me and said do you know who she is i said no she is the daughter of the the best surgeons in the city the best surgeons her mom and dad are both surgeons they are both heart surgeons the best ones in the city but she was born like this she gets to go home only once or twice a year during the school holidays the parents never come and see her and what you shared has touched her heart because she thought that she was not wanted by anybody for her to know that the god of heaven would send his own son to touch her life was beyond her imagination there are people out there who are hurting who are paralyzed by hopelessness these are people who are paralyzed by hopelessness there is no hope for them there is no hope for them you are the only one who can bring hope for them you are the only one who can bring life into their life you are the only one who can hug them and they can feel the love of christ flowing through you you are the only one who can hug them 
and they can feel the love of the Father God flowing through you. It's absolutely amazing what you can take into the community. What, ha- what, what is important there or what's valid there is important and valid here as well. There are people out in the community who want that Jesus would be brought to them. They do not know that there is a solution. They are not aware that something can be changed. I looked at some of the other, other roofs that we have built around our life. One of them is busyness. I covered this two weeks ago in one of the messages that I shared. We can get busy. And in that busyness, we may forget to take Christ out into the community. We have led, even after coming here, we have led many, many people to the Lord. And I tell you the secret. Finding time when it is most inconvenient. People don't get saved if you don't connect with them and if you don't give them time. I'll just share a few that you know we have worked with. Jessie received a phone call one day and uh, she was somebody that we had casually, very, very casually connected with. And uh, the lady started talking about committing suicide. So I come home and... Uh, my wife is not there. So I ring her up and she says, oh, I'm coming and I've got somebody with me. And when she turns up, she's got this, this lady with her. Jesse had gone and started sharing the gospel with her. But her situation was very hopeless. Her husband had abandoned her. She's not qualified. Um, she doesn't know, cannot even speak English properly. Her job is... She doesn't have a steady job. So when she looked around her circumstances, there was no hope. So Jessie brought her home and we started ministering to her. It was very inconvenient for me, I tell you. I was in the middle of a very busy season and oh, so I said to Jessie, now what are we going to do with her? Let her sleep tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow when she wakes up. So the next day, the same thing. She's such a mess that for the first time she had slept in a week. She's afraid that if she falls asleep, she will die because she's on high on medication. Over a period of two weeks, we led her to the Lord. And she was a very, very staunch Hindu. Very staunch. Her dad used to be an astro- is an astrologer. And he would release curses uh, on, on people who do not stay under control. So all this fear and everything, we finally led her to the Lord. God in his mercy turned around and brought the husband back. The husband apologized, came back home. He did not come back to Hastings. He's moved to Tauranga because he got a job there. 
but now he's collect he's connected with elim church there he was he was a hindu got touched was that salvation expensive for us yes quite expensive because it takes time and energy the gospel gospel can be limited by our busyness and inconvenience but if we want to see people saved if we want to take touch people's lives we have to go out of the way when it is inconvenient i started it's it's about upskilling also if we want to preach the gospel we need to upskill i started by preaching to the sheep and goats i'm honest i would go out in the paddocks and i would preach to the sheep and goats and get them all saved i would give an altar call i would preach in my house i would preach i would organize all the cushions and the pillows and i would preach to them and i would give altar calls and then we knew that there's a limit to this this kind of upskilling so we had to go and get proper training which we did but again at a price we caught we got caught on a border of an islamic nation and the only punishment that they give is caning that's the only punishment that they have in an islamic nation we were out to preach the gospel and the only punishment is caning so i had to tell my wife you behave as if you do not know any english i will do all the talking and all she said all she did is sat in a corner and just prayed in tongues the chief of the immigration came there of that section or that area he called me aside and said i don't know why i feel compassion for you i'm going to give you a visa for 7 days get out of my nation in 7 days we serve an awesome god if you step up if you step up he will step up with you we wanted to go to another nation it's again an islamic nation when we went for the visa our visas were denied but god had shown us that we were going in so we spoke to the person who was organized the meetings there and said if you are ready to have us we will come i don't know how but we will be there we got into the boat reached the other shore the rush was so so heavy that the immigration official came to me and said can i have your passport i will bring it to you in your hotel we stayed 7 days in that nation before they found my passport and realized that we had gotten we got a phone call saying you need to get out of my country in the next 45 minutes 
they gave us 45 minutes to get out of the country. Halfway through the journey back to the other nation, which is again a Muslim nation, we got our passports back and the passport said, entry denied. Now how do I explain to the port that I had left, where I had disappeared for seven days? You know what we did? Prayed in tongues. Blind them. Make their eyes go blind. Make their eyes go blind. If you are ready to step out and preach the gospel, Jesus would make a way. It doesn't matter whether it is in this nation or other nations. When we, re we reached the border, the officials just could not understand. They knew something was wrong. They looked through my passport, but finally said, we don't know what's, we know something is wrong, but we can't figure it out. Here's your passports. And we got into the country again. God is an amazing God. If you step out, I guarantee if you step out, he will make a way. When we came into New Zealand, within the first week, we had gone and preached into the prison here. Within the first week. Did we know anybody here? No, we knew very few people. We just came across somebody and we got friendly and they said, Oh, are you Christians? Yes, I am. Oh, I go into the prison and minister there. Would you like to come? Yes, hallelujah. God opens doors if you are open. Why? Because he likes the paralyzed to be healed. There are lots of people who are paralyzed because of, of things that have happened in their life. Because of what has happened in their life. Their experiences. Isn't it a very sobering thought? That now, the only people who can limit Jesus from functioning are no different from those days. If you and I were living in the times of Jesus we would still be the ones who would probably be limiting him from reaching out and healing and touching the people on the streets. We have about 100,000 people living in this, in this region. There is 100,000 people living in this region. You and I can touch them if we decide to take the roof off and bring the paralyzed in. It's in your hands. Jesus looks not at what you know, but what you do with what he has given in your hand. He has given you different talents. You might be a mechanic. You might be working in the orchard. You might, be, you might just be, you know, you might just be doing just normal life. When you go into the, into the shop, the supermarket, at any point of time, if you go into pack and save, there are about 200 to 300 people there. Would you not ask God, God, what do you want me to tell this person?
there is opportunity, ample opportunity in the community. As I finish, I just want to, to ask you this question. What is the roof that you have built around yourself that prevents you from break, taking the gospel out to the people? What's the roof? What is the roof that you have built around yourself? I would encourage you to close your eyes and 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 just just think ask god god i would like to know i would really like to know about this roof that i have allowed to come around my life which prevents me from taking this wonderful gospel the life giving gospel out into the community If you close your eyes and ask God Jesus I would really like to be used by you I have put limitations around myself I have limited your the way you can function